Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 49 and a half episode of Off the Grid. I was requested by one of my co hosts to say 49 and a half instead of 50. I have some big plans for number 50, so stay tuned for that. But joining me today is the one and only. He needs no introduction, but I'll introduce him anyway. The man, the myth, the legend, the Federation, they call him FedEx, Matty Ice. What else do they call you, Fetty? And he is the t- tight end, right? You play tight end? Yep, tight end. Tight end for the Bishop Knoll Warriors, Matt Fedler. Fetty, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So we got a lot to talk about today because as we're recording this episode, it is Tuesday. And it is the first week of September, so you know what that means. Thursday night will be the opening of the 2020 NFL season. At, at a certain point during this year, we didn't think it would come. We had some doubts, but you know what? We're here, and it's going to happen. How are we feeling about that? I'm excited. Texans Chiefs, two powerhouse teams in their respective divisions. It's going to be a fun game, fun year. I, th- I think it's going to be a really fun year, for sure. So, first off, let's just do a little division rundown, all right? So, first, we're going to do a little division prediction, run down each division, and you're going to predict to me where you think each team will go first all the way to last, all right? So, all right, let's, do it. let's start with the NFC, okay? Let's do so, it. So, first off, let's do the NFC East. That would consist of the Cowboys, the football team, the Eagles and uh, the Giants. So, how do we see that uh, lining up in the end? Uh, I kind of like the Eagles for winning the division. They upgraded their defense and getting Darius Slay. Their pass rush is still lethal, and that offense is still solid in a sense. I, I see them going a ten and six type year, and I, I see them having a good year. Okay. Yeah, I see the Eagles also winning that division. I see them getting the three seed in the NFC. I think their offense has always been good. They, I always thought they had one of the best lines in football. And then Wentz, I mean, he gets hurt pretty often, but I think they have the depth now at quarterback to provide for that. Like when they had Foles, like they'll be fine if he gets hurt. But even if he's out there, like he's still a really good quarterback. They have Miles Sanders. They have upgraded receiving court. I mean, they won the division last year when – it was like all practice squad guys on their receiving core and their corner. It's like if they're going to be healthy this year, I think they'll be good. And then, of course, their defense is still good and they upgraded in the secondary. So I see them at number one. At number two, I see the Cowboys. How about you? I see the Cowboys too. Uh, they lost a lot of key pieces on that defense. Uh, Byron Jones, I think Robert Quinn was on the Cowboys as well. You know, they lost a lot of key pieces. That offense, I think, is still going to do – do things with Amari Cooper, uh, Dak Prescott, and Zeke. But, you know, the def- defense wins championships. And, you know, they, they lost a lot of key key parts on that defense. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking, I think, defensively, I mean, they were even kind of a letdown last year. Leighton Van Der Esch wasn't as good. And Sean, he played a little bit more, but he's not what he used to be. Their offense is sacked. I mean, they got CeeDee Lamb now. And their tight end is good. They have, I think, the best receiving core in the league. Cooper, Gallup, and C.D. Lamb now. Zeke Elliott's a top four running back. Dak, I mean, 
you know, whether you like him or not, he'll put up some numbers. So they have a lethal offense, I think. But ultimately, they got to have a little bit of defense if they want to win. And I think just the Eagles are more well-balanced of a team. So I would see the Cowboys finishing below the Eagles. Absolutely. And then number three, I got the New York Giants. How about you? It's right where I have them, too. Uh, Not a big year. They're still in the rebuild stage. Uh, Daniel Jones is still young. They they just got to get it meshed in. I think in two or three years, they'll be a big uh, key contributor, but that's it's not this year. Yeah, I mean, this year, uh, they have Saquon year three, Daniel Jones year two. They got Sterling Shepard. He's still nice. He's young. Um, they drafted some O-line this year. They're trying to rebuild that O-line up. And then defensively, I mean, they have a couple RA pieces. They signed Blake Martinez from the Packers. But, you know, like you said, I think they're still a few years away. I think if Daniel Jones progresses well, they could be – pretty decent football team in like two or three years. But for now I'd have them going third place in that division, probably six wins something along those lines, you know, and it's a lot improved four wins last year, but I think they get to like six wins I see this him year. Winning, I see them winning three or four just because that O-line is still atrocious. You know, that, that is. Yeah. We'll see about the O-line. I don't know. I believe they took Andrew Thomas. We'll see how he does. I mean, I thought he was good, but also I feel like they could have had a little bit better. So I think we'll see. I think that draft pick will be big for them. If if that pans out, then they'll be heading in the right direction. Absolutely. And then fourth place, I have the football team. The football team. No name. <laughs> no name. I don't think much needs to be said about that. I mean, Chase Young's nice. Like, I think uh, Haskins is our quarterback. I don't think he's that good. They don't really have any running backs anymore. That Now they got rid of Adrian Peterson. I don't really know who's on their defense. I mean, they're just not really in a good place right now. I mean, hopefully they can maybe come up with like a team name by the end of the year. <laughs> and I think if they do that, that will be a successful year for them. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that they need to figure out before the team name is who's in the front office because it's just a mess over there in Washington. <laughs> It's been a mess for years, I think. They have a really bad front office. And like They just got to get it figured out overall. But, I mean, they'll be playing, so I guess that's something for them. But, yeah, that was our NFC East rundown. So now let's go over to the NFC South. This will be the Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons. So who do you see finishing number one in this division? Well, I think if you've been paying attention to football in the last two or three years, you know that the Saints are the winners in this division almost every year. They're a consistent 13-win team. They're going to continue to put up numbers like that. Michael Thomas has had a crazy year. Alvin Kamara is one of the best. Their offensive line uh, is solid. Drew Brees is still putting up crazy numbers, and that defense is nice. They are nice. I think they will win it. I think they'll win it over Tampa because they have that chemistry, right? Like you said, they've been to the playoffs together. That core has for three, four years now. They have all these playmakers still putting up numbers. So as long as they keep doing what they're doing, I think they'll be all right. They're they're way over the salary cap. And Drew Brees is over 40 now. So really, I think, I believe that this is probably their last chance to go to the Super Bowl, and possibly win it before Drew Brees retires. I think this will be his last year, but I think they'll have a strong season and they'll win the division. Right. I agree. And then number two, I have 
Who's what your do number you think? Two pick? I think with Tampa, like they were decent last year. I think they won seven or eight games, and they had they have a good defense. They have Devin White. They got Levante David. They have good pieces on that defense. They got a good front seven, I think, and then offensively. I mean, on paper, as we look at it right now, they are one of the best in the league. Their tight end group has Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard, who were already really good, I thought. And then they added Gronk. I mean, I don't know how he'll be a year into retirement coming back, but, you know, he's one of the greatest ever. You got Tom Brady, of course, signing. That was kind of the shock of the offseason. He'll be – I mean, he'll be what he's been the last few years. He'll, he'll give you 25 to 30 touchdowns. He'll – he won't throw a lot of interceptions, and then he has probably one of the top two or three receiving cores in the game, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. They're going to be lethal offensively, I think. I agree with that. I just see the Falcons on top of them just because that Falcons team, if their defense just clicks, then their offense is going to produce. And I see them winning it over uh, the Buccaneers just because it's a new system. I'm not saying Brady can't do it, but I know Matt Ryan's going to go off. Julio's now on the shorter end of 30, so he's, he's got a few good years left in him. And I think that they're just going to click. Interesting. So you have them at number two. I have them at number three, but I think they'll be better than last year. I think they'll probably be better defensively. I just feel like that's kind of the direction they're heading in right now. And then offensively, I mean, they, got, they lost Austin Hooper, which – might be a blow to them, but we'll see about that. Still got Julio, top two receiver in the game. And then Matt Ryan. I guess it makes sense, just like continuity. They've been around each other for a little while now. And, oh, and they have Todd Gurley. I didn't even mention that. But I think he'll have a bounce back here now that he's in Atlanta. But I could see them having a pretty decent year. I just see the Buccaneers finishing a little bit higher up because I don't think it's like people want to talk about the Buccaneers like they were the Browns last year right like oh all this hype and then they don't come through but it's like they had a lot of young pieces like I feel like with the Bucs it's like these guys haven't been together but they've been around you know Uh Brady's the greatest ever and you know they have these already proven top receivers who have been really good with each other you know but that's just kind of how I see it playing out. Buccaneers, two, Falcons, three. And then, of course, four, I'd have the Panthers. How about you? I have the Panthers there, too. They completely fell apart in the second half of the season. I don't even think they won a game in the last eight game, uh, last eight they played. Uh, they just yeah. I mean, fell apart. I think they're in full rebuild mode. They don't really, like – doesn't look like it because they signed Bridgewater. So you think, oh, you know, they're going to compete. I, I think it's a full rebuild for them, though. I mean, Keekly retired. They released Greg Olson. They released Cam Newton. Like, those were the core guys that had been leading them for the better part of, like, the last seven years. And they had a lot of success with those guys, but now they're all gone. And I think – and now with Ron Rivera gone, too, they fired him. Now it's a completely new direction with this team. They still have Christian McCaffrey. So – He'll be putting up fantasy numbers, I guess, but that's about it. I don't see this team really doing much competing this year. They did draft all defensive players in their draft class this year, so you can kind of tell what direction they're heading in. They're trying to revamp that defense, and maybe in a few years they'll kind of be back to where they were in their prime with Cam. 
One interesting thing I do see about uh, the Panthers is their backup quarterback is XFL stud P.J. Walker. He is. If you watched XFL, you remember that guy. He, I don't know if they ever claimed the league MVP, but if they did, he was that league MVP. You never know. If Bridgewater struggles, you might give my man's P.J. a chance. Like, I'd love to see that man thrive because – He can move around. If he does anything – if he does anything like he did in the XFL, he'll be top-tier quarterback in the next two, three years. You never know. Anything's possible. I mean, if he got this far, you never know how much further he could go. So now let's go with the NFC West. How do we see this one going down? I feel like this is going to be a tight division in the NFC. Who do you see coming out on top in that division? Well, I like the 49ers. I really do, but I do think that the people up north got it right. I think that the Seahawks win this division. Let's just be honest. Russell Wilson had no help, and he turned that offense around and revamped it. I think that they're just going to click on all cylinders. That defense is still solid with Pete Carroll at the front of that, being a defensive-minded head coach. They're going to be solid. I think they're going to make a deep playoff run, if not go to the Super Bowl. I have the same thing. I think the Seahawks are going to win that division. I think – it feels like they almost had a down year last year, but even so, they came within inches of winning that division against the 49ers, getting that three seed. And that was a down year. And the 49ers, after all those bad years, they had a resurgence like no other. I just think that things balance out this year. I think the 49ers do finish a game back. They're still going to be a good team, I think. But I think the Seahawks, because I'll say Wilson later, but I think Russell Wilson's going to have another MVP caliber season. I think I'm not a huge Jamal Adams guy, but I think Jamal Adams sort of has that Cam Chancellor vibe that they had a few years ago. He's not going to get a lot of interceptions, but he'll give you the hits. He'll He's a really good tackler, and that's the kind of guy that Pete Carroll likes on his team. I think that'll help their defense, who hasn't been as good the last few years, but I think they're going to have a resurgent year, and that'll be enough for them to get over the 49ers and get a top seed in the NFC. So at number two, I have the 49ers. How about you? I have them sitting at the same spot. Still a solid team. Still a Super Bowl contending team. They lost a couple of key pieces, but the main core is there, and I think that's what's important. I think they're going to make a – they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Um, Whether they go deep or not, that's – Yeah, we'll see about that. I think – they did lose some pieces. They lost Joe Staley, Emmanuel Sanders. They lost some guys. They lost to Forrest Buckner, but I feel like they made up for it pretty well. They traded for Trent Williams from Washington to replace Joe Staley. I think they drafted Brandon Ayuk to replace Emmanuel Sanders. We'll see how that pans out. And then they traded to Forrest Buckner for a first-round pick, and then they used that first-round pick to draft into the position that DeForest Buckner played. So... He'll probably start that guy that they drafted, and they'll be fine. They just didn't have to pay DeForest Buckner, basically. So it balanced out for them, but I feel like they kind of had a really good year last year. I think now they got a little bit of a target on their back. No one was suspecting them last year, but now they're the ring champs. They're going to they're gonna fall off just a little bit, I think, but I still see them getting second place in the wild card spot. Now for number three. For number three in the NFC West, I have the Arizona Cardinals. How about you? 
Uh, I would put them there, but I still like Sean McVay. I like what he does, and really, it's a make-or-break year for him. Uh, being a head coach, he could lose his job. Same with Goff. If, I don't even think he plays for the Rams anymore. That's the thing for me, though. I think Goff, like, they're tied to him no matter what, even if he is bad. I mean, he just signed a huge extension last offseason. A lot of those guys are on big deals, you know. I mean, they have the best defensive player in the game. They still have a good defense. They got Jalen Ramsey. But I don't know. I feel like I think they're a little overhyped, but I still think they could get third place in that division, I think. Offensively, DeAndre Hopkins is going to make a big difference for them. I think defensively, I like their uh, draft pick uh, from Clemson, Isaiah Simmons. I think he's going to provide a lot of versatility for them, and that's just the kind of team there. I think they're really versatile. They're really mobile on offense. They got a lot of speed on defense. Buda Baker just got a big contract. He's always been a pretty solid safety, I think. I just think, uh, you know, after they got that first overall pick a few years ago, they've been they've been on the come up recently. I don't think they'll make the playoffs necessarily, but I think they'll win third place in that division. I can see them winning third place. It's not out of, out of reach. Like I said, with the Rams, it's really make or break for them this year. Yeah, we'll see. I think it really depends on their run game too, this Cam Akers kid, because I think a lot of their offense really depended on Gurley being productive. And then once he kind of got hurt last year, fell off for them because their whole identity offensively revolved around that play action game and running the football. And when Gurley took a hit, it just didn't seem to click. So I really think Cam Akers, I mean, even though he's a rookie, a lot of their offensive success is going to fall on his shoulders or whoever the running back is going to be because that's a lot of what Sean McVay's offense is. So, I mean, if he has a breakout year, then they could win third place in that division. Who knows? But I think he is unproven. So until further notice, I'd probably have him finishing last. And that's not a bad team either for the record. I mean, to say that they're a fourth-place team really says something about that division. Well, the thing is about the uh, NFC West is that division is one of the toughest to win out. Like, if you look at the teams, any one of them could hit that – whoever's hot basically is winning that division. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the last few Super Bowls, 49ers, NFC West. Then the Rams before that. Then – few years before that, it was the Seahawks going back-to-back and the 49ers again when they had Patrick Willis. Like For the last better part of the decade, they've had one of the best divisions in football. And then, then you got a team like the Cardinals who might be decent in a few years. I mean, if they get in the mix, you never know. But I think over the past decade, this has been probably the best division in the NFC. So it's really just kind of whoever wins that division, It's you just got to tip your cap to them because you know it was a hard one to win. So now let's go to the final division in the NFC. It's the NFC North. Who do you have winning this one? Well, I'm going to try not to be biased, but I have the Bears. All right, I like it. Why do you have the Bears winning this division? Look, that defense, front seven is revamped. I like the Jalen Johnson pick. That was a great selection. I like the upgraded safety from Deion Bush. Uh. Look, this defense is just – it's something else. It's incredibly good. Akeem Hicks is back healthy. Danny Trevathan's looking like he's going to be healthy. Um, Khalil Mack is going to 
be Khalil Mack. I think Robert Quinn is a great compliment, opposed to Leonard Floyd, who wasn't very productive at all last year. Um, it's just that defense is solid, and then the offense. Yeah, we have Mitch, but Allen Robinson is an incredibly reliable pick. Anthony Miller is a great playmaker. Uh, Cole Komet is a great selection. Um, Big-time red zone target for him. And I think that offensive line, they're, they're looking like, you know, they might have a shot at not uh, sucking, really. You know – I have the Bears finishing second in this division. I do have them getting into a playoff spot with the with the expanded playoff. But here's to like how I see it. I think the defense is going to be – they're going to have a comeback year. They fell off a little bit last year, still top ten, but I think they'll be better this year. They have better complement to Phil Mack with Robert Quinn. They're healthy again. That front seven is going to be good. They re-signed Trevathan. And I think the secondary upgraded too because with – like, haha, Clinton Dix was good last year, but he really made Eddie Jackson play out of position. He's Eddie Jackson's probably the best in the game. So, you really just want him to play center field out there, get some interceptions. And I think that whoever it be, Deshaun or Deion Bush or Deshaun Gibson, they're going to allow him to play a little bit more. They're going to allow Eddie Jackson to play more free safety, just play, you know, go play at the ball, and that'll result in more turnovers. I like that Jalen Johnson pick. I think offensively, at this point, I feel like there's nowhere to go but up. If you're the worst in the league, you can't get any worse than the last year. So there's nowhere to go but up, I think, at this point. And I think just look at all the moves that the Bears made in the offseason. I think they put themselves in a good position to improve because, I mean, I don't even know if they got 100 yards out of their tight ends last year. Now you bring in Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. That's about as revamped as you can get. Those two plus, I think Demetrius Harris or Jesper Horstead, whoever the third tight end is, that makes a good, that makes a really solid tight end group. And I think that makes a difference because I think when Mitch Trubisky gets over a, over 80 yards from his tight ends, I read the stat earlier, he has 14 quarterback rating. So, you knew they're going into this offseason. They had to put an emphasis on the tight end. With the quarterbacks, it's tough. I think I like the idea of trading for Foles because I've always been a Foles guy, but he's not starting. So I was like, kind of about that. I kind of wanted him to start, but you know, you just kind of got to ride the wave at this point. If Mitch does well, he does well. And right now, I feel like he is in a good position to do that. They start off the season against some. Easier opponents, you know, there's no fans. And, you know, everything's just kind of – they've been working this offseason because of how bad they were last year. So, it's like all or nothing at this point. But I think they finished second in the division getting a playoff spot because they're still a good team. Eight and eight last year when everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, that's not terrible. I think Green Bay still wins it because – I don't know. It just seems like one of those things. You, you, they have good running game. They have a good defense. They just like they're one of those teams. They're always in it. I think. I think they'll win first place. Hopefully not, but that's what I'm predicting. And if you remember a few years ago, everyone was predicting Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl, and that's the year the Bears won the NFC North at twelve and four. So 
hopefully me saying this kind of results in a Bears division title. But for now, I'll have Green Bay repeating as division champions just because I feel like they're better than the Vikings. And they did win it last year, so I'll give them a little bit of credit there. And then in third place, I have the Minnesota Vikings. How about you? I got them at third place. They lost four starters on defense, and that's just unacceptable as far as the GM standpoint. And the fact that they didn't go out and uh, replace them with sizable starters. I mean, they got Yannick and Gakwe, uh, though. I mean, they did, but, you know, you just look at it. Uh, Kirk Cousins is on a contract here who had a, he had a solid year, but it's just the defense brought him to the playoffs, I think, last year. I think their defense is still decent. I don't think it's the best in that division, but they still have a really good defense, I think. Personally, I think Kirk Cousins is the most overrated player in football, at least quarterbacks. Because this is my argument for Kirk Cousins every time someone questions me on saying this. Remember a few years ago, they were 13-3 and with Case Keenum on their way to going to the Super Bowl, but then Nick Foles stopped him, right? Going to that offseason... Mm-hmm. They released Keenum and signed Cousins. The goal of signing Cousins was this is the last piece to get us to where we want to go, and that's the Super Bowl. He's going to be the one to take us there. And now you have these Vikings fans everywhere, these Vikings guys talking about, oh, he finally won a playoff game. You like that? Like, no, that was not the goal when you signed him. The goal was to get over the hump and go to the Super Bowl. And to this point, the closest they've gotten was that single playoff win. And for a roster as stacked as it was, I I just don't think that's enough. Kirk Cousins is all right, but I just don't think he's going to be a guy that just gets them as far as they intended on going when they initially signed him, right? Like, they'll have Thielen still and Dalvin Cook. They'll have, you know, good offensive numbers and he'll put up stats. Their defense will be all right, but I think they'll finish third in that division. I'm just not too sure about him this year. Receiving core is not what it was. Kyle Rudolph is on the older end of the spectrum. And I'm not saying I don't trust Adam Thielen as a number one option, but he's he he doesn't have pieces around him. To it's, be. it's more so that I don't trust Justin Jefferson as a number two option. You know what I mean? Because for years, everyone was like, oh, Thielen's like the guy. I always thought Diggs was the guy for me, even though he wasn't putting up as big of like yardage numbers as Adam Thielen was, I still thought he gave that offense an identity. He could shake and bake a guy. He had that breakaway speed. And Jefferson's fast. Sure, he won national championship with LSU, but just from what I've read so far, like it doesn't seem like he's doing all that well in Vikings camp. He doesn't seem to be looking like that guy that they thought he was. So if that translates to the season, I, I couldn't agree more, really. Yeah, and then fourth place, I got the Lions. I mean... Yeah, I got the Patriots 2.0 there, too. Uh, like, they lost pieces on defense, which already wasn't a good defense to begin with. They'll get Stafford back. I think TJ Hawkinson will be, he'll, he'll have a good year for the second-year tight end. Galladay, still really good, as is Marvin Jones. They'll, they'll put up numbers offensively. I'm sure Stafford will be an MVP candidate, but just because of the numbers and stuff, but I don't know. 
the thing with the lines is they'll have the numbers, but they're just going to be empty because the record won't show. Right, right. Like, remember that year, like, I think 2012, when it was, like, Stafford was putting up, like, insane numbers, like 5,000 yards, and then, like, Calvin Johnson was breaking records. Like, you would have thought on paper, like, my gosh, this team's amazing. They finished 4-12, and 12, though, you know, that year. I mean, it was a long time ago, but I feel like it's still the same old Lions, right? Like, they'll put up the numbers offensively. It's just, like... You're not going to get it in the win column from them. And until I see otherwise, it's the same old Lions for me, you know? And in the past decade, they've made the playoffs twice. It's just there's not a lot of winning that's been going on in Detroit, and they, they got to figure it out. I feel bad for Stafford. I mean, he seems like a good guy, but he's on the Lions. It's tough. But, yeah. He's a solid quarterback. He is. He is. So that was our NFC breakdown. So now let's transition over to the AFC. Let's start off with the AFC West. That's the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers. Who do you see finishing atop that division? Well, it'd have to be insane to not pick the Chiefs. They still have the Legion of Zoom. Uh, just signed Patrick Mahomes for an arm, leg, and a foot. Um, yeah, basically. The defense that's, isn't... That's where it's at. That's who, I mean, like... When he won the MVP, they had, like, the worst defense in the league. They've improved since Chris Jones kind of had a breakout year last year. Honey Badger's still over there. They got some pieces on defense, so there are no slots on the other side. And then top three head coach and Andy Reid, I mean, that'll, that'll get the job done. So I would see the Chiefs finishing number one in that division. Number two, I have the Denver Broncos. How about you? I have him there, too. I like that defense. I think Drew Locke, he's got a lot more weapons. Uh, he's got Jerry Judy, who I think is going to be a breakout rookie this year. Uh, KJ Hamler, too. He was a the next-round pick. I think he's going to be decent. He's, he gives some speech to that offense. I mean, that offense, they're, they're fast. They're, they're, they're fast. They signed, uh, Don't sleep on them. No offense, tight end. Uh-huh. Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, that's a big sign in a free agency. Sutton's still there. Make some yeah. noise. I think Cortland Sutton's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL, too. He is. He is. He doesn't get enough love. And then... I was watching a, a Vikings game. Uh, when they played the Vikings, he had, I think, two back-to-back 35-plus yard catches over Xavier Rhodes, who's a sizable defensive back. Right. I think he's... He's also due, I think. I think he – I wouldn't call it a breakout year because he's been good, but I think he'll put up another solid year. And just the offensive guys they put around Drew Locke, I think they can make a decent run this year. I just feel bad because of the Von Miller news that broke earlier that he suffered an injury, could potentially be season-ending. Nothing's broken yet of whether or not that's true, but, I mean, I'd hate to see him go down. I think Von Miller is a cool player. But if he goes down, it's just it's just what it is, I guess. I mean, they have Bradley Chubb, who's still really good, but you really like to see Von Miller out there. But either way, I still think they have a pretty good defense, and that balance will get them second in that division. Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe even a playoff spot. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. And then number three, I have the Raiders. How about you? I got them there, too. I like Josh Jacobs. They lost a couple pieces on that offensive line, though. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Derek Carr, he doesn't really have 
that it factor anymore that he sort of had, I don't think. And that defense, it's just, it's just not there. Yeah, with the Raiders, it's. I feel like offensively, they could do something. Like they have Henry Ruggs now, and he'll provide some speed. They have Darren Waller. He's one of the better tight ends in the league. Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr is still a solid quarterback. He's probably like top 20, you know? I mean, near the back end there, but still, you know, you could win games with him. I think they finished around seven wins, just like last year, sort of. Like, I don't see a huge year from them. Probably about the same as last year, but, you know, they got some pieces there. I agree. I yeah. agree. And then number four, I got the Chargers. Yeah, I don't know what the Chargers going to do that well. Um, I think they have that one quarterback from Oregon who I've been watching a lot of film on him, and he's very inconsistent with a lot of his throws and a lot of his reads. I think with the two quarterbacks to have, I like I always like Tyrod. You know, I liked him in Buffalo a lot, but I don't know right now about him. Like, I feel like he's kind of older now. He doesn't have that, like, he doesn't have that same speed he did when he was a starter in Buffalo. And then if you ask me, I think Justin Herbert's a bust. But I, I agree. You watch the film, he's highly inconsistent with his throws and horrible with his reads. He's always throwing off his front foot. Uh, I mean, his back foot. I'm sorry. Uh, you just look at the film. He does a lot of things right, but he does a lot of things wrong too. And it's just that's something you don't really want to bring to an offense that's trying to hold its identity. Right. I mean, he has the arm, but I mean that's and he's mobile. But that's about it. I don't really like him too much, but we'll see. And then the rest of the team. I mean, the rest of the team's solid. Their secondary. They got Casey Hayward. I mean, they got. Melvin Ingram, they got Joey Bosa. Like, they have a good Derwin defense. James. They got Hunter Henry and uh, Keenan Allen on offense. Like, they have good players at each position. The thing is, though, it's just, like, I don't know about this team's depth. And they have Austin Eckler. I forgot to mention him. But I just don't know about their depth after Keenan Allen. You know, who is there? Same with Bosa on the other side. They got Ingram. But who's there in the middle? after Hayward, who's there, right? Like, I think this team probably doesn't have as much depth as you would like. They have, like, their top guys are very talented. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you had – but if you had depth throughout that lineup, that could be a good lineup. But the thing is they don't have that depth, and I think that's what's going to hold them back this year. I agree. All right, so now on to the AFC East, the Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, and Jets. Who do you have winning this division? I like the Bills. I like the Bills, I really too. I like, I like Josh Allen. I like that defense. They added Stephon Diggs, which is another weapon to add. Uh, add to, I, I see him going 11-5, 10-6. I do, too. I mean, no one circles the wagons of the Buffalo Bills, and I think for the first time in, like, I don't know, my lifetime, maybe, something like that, they are going to win the AFC East, and there's going to be a home playoff game in Buffalo, New York. And it's going to be amazing, I'm hoping. And I believe it will happen. I think they got a great defense. I think Josh Allen will have a good year. Stephon Diggs, they added him. That's a nice piece. I think they'll get the job done. I think they'll finally win that AFC East division this year. So 
Who do you have in second place? For second place, for me, I have the Patriots. You can't sleep on the Patriots. You can't sleep on Cam Newton. That defense is still rock solid with the McCourtney twin. That the secondary is one of the best in the NFL. Right. You got the McCourney twins. You got uh, defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore back there. I think thing about the Patriots, people are sleeping on them because of the change, right? No more Brady. Like people forget though, Belichick is the greatest coach ever. You could give him a guy like Cam Newton. I mean, things are gonna look really different. You're going to have a lot more running plays, a little bit more creativity, I think, on Belichick. So don't sleep on Belichick either. But I think Cam Newton will resurge. I think it'll be almost like that uh, 2018 Bears team, right? It's going to be a rock-solid defense, even though there's a lot of guys that opted out. So we'll see about that, I guess. But, you know, the guys who are playing are still really good. And then you got James White, Sony Michelle running the rock, and then Cam Newton throwing the ball. They don't really have the receiving core of the tight end like they have in years past, and that might set them back a little bit. If they had that, they could make the division, but I see them getting a wild card. I think Belichick's going to get creative with Cam Newton, and that'll be enough for them to get second. I couldn't agree more. I think Belichick's – I think he can open up the playbook more now that he has a more mobile uh, quarterback. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for years, Brady never had the speed or mobility. He was still able to get it done, though. Think about it. Over the years when he was like a game manager, Brady was – they were just running like a simple offense. Then when he got into his prime, it was like we're throwing the ball everywhere to Randy Moss and Gronk and all them guys. Then he gets older, adjusts the playbook again. We're going to, you know, check down, check down, check down, play defense, win Super Bowls. It's going to be the same thing. It's just a different quarterback this time. Like he'll adjust his offense to his players, not have his players adjust to the offense. And because of that, it'll help them, I think, get into a playoff spot. And I think their their offense is going to have a solid year. You can't sleep on the Patriots. Never sleep on the Patriots. So at number three, I have the Miami Dolphins. How about you? I got them in the same slot. I I kind of like Miami a little bit. They got they spent some money. They spent some money. They got some they got some nice nice players there now. You know they got Jordan Howard at running back. You, you know they didn't really have a running back the last few years. They had a good draft, I think. I'm saying a couple of years from now, watch out for the Dolphins because after this draft, I mean, if, if Tua pans out, but, you know, I really, you know, that's just one of those things. We'll see what happens. But aside from that, yeah. they got some good linemen in the draft. You know, they got a good tight end there right now, I think. Who, you know, he could break out potentially Mike Gusecki. You know, they're putting the defense together slowly. So, I mean, just watch out for Miami. Two pans out and their draft picks pan out. Watch out. Two is a Pro Bowler next year. I mean, I don't know if we'll play this year or what, what they're going to do with him, but I'm just saying, like, stay woke. They they have a plan Tua in place. They've been executing to this point. So watch out, like, two, three years from now, they could, they could be that team, you know? Then in fourth place, I have the Jets. I mean, I don't know. Darnold's like, he's all right. Le'Veon Bell is still really good, I think. I think he'll have a better year for sure. But I don't know. It's I think if Darnold stays healthy, they'll win a lot more games because they were starting third-string quarterbacks last year, and it wasn't good for them. But I don't know. They're just It's just like stacking up against the rest of that division, and they just happen to be the, be- the worst team out of those four. So 
that's just kind of where they get the short end of the stick for me. I couldn't agree more. There's not much to say about the Jets. Yeah, it's, it's just the Jets, you know. I mean, I don't – yeah. <laughs> I guess that's all that has to be said about that. So, now on to the AFC North. That's the Ravens, Steelers, Browns, and Bengals. Who do you see coming out on top in that division? Uh, I see uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore uh, Ravens winning that. I see it too. I mean, it's not even a Lamar thing too. It's uh, We got Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins running the ball. So you had those three together, and that's probably the best running game in the league. You got Hollywood Brown in year two. And their defense was rock solid last year, might I add, top five in the league. And probably the best coach in the league, I mean, defending coach of the year. Like, it's not just Lamar Jackson. They have one of the best top-to-bottom teams in the whole league. So, you know, it's a pretty easy prediction to have them go in first place in that division for sure. Then – I cannot agree more. Number two, who you got? Number two, I got Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh. I like them too. I think Ben being back is big for them. They already have probably the best defense in the league, at least last year. They always lead the league in sacks. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick carry the team. And then offensively, you know, they don't have a strong running game, but like I said, Big Ben's back, so they'll be able to spread it out. They got Juju. They got Eric Ebron now at tight end, so I think they'll be back. They'll be a second-place team this year. Definitely a playoff team. Uh, I see Pittsburgh making the playoffs easily. Oh, okay, okay, easily. Um, number three, I have the Cleveland Browns. How about you? I got the Cleveland Browns. Their roster is it's there, but they just need – they're really, really young. That's the only thing. I think people are giving up on Baker too fast, you know? I think he- I see that a lot. I see that a lot. It's just they people forget how young that team is and how good they're going to be. You know, they, they just got to stick with you it, know, you know. I mean, Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the league. Uh Jarvis Landry Odell, probably the two best two of the top 10 receivers in the league. Right. Uh they signed Austin Hooper, who's a top-tier tight end. Kareem Hunt's their backup running back, mind you, and he led the league in rushing a few years ago. I mean, it's just – their offense is there, and then you look at the defense, Miles Garrett, as long as he doesn't swing helmets at anybody, he's one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, they got Denzel Ward. I mean, their secondary is still young. Just like you said, their whole team's young. Baker, he's still young, even though he played a long time in college, but still young quarterback, you know, I think – if they stick to the path they're on, they'll be all right. They're going to be all right in the future, for sure. They just can't give up on this whole core, you know? I feel like in the league, it's like, if you're not producing in three years, you're out of here. They can't do that. Like, they just got to trust the process, really. Their new coach, Kevin Stefanski, I mean, hit success in Minnesota. He wasn't like uh, – Freddie Kitchen's kind of unproven. Like, I think this is a good addition for them. I think uh, Stefanski will bring a lot to their offense for sure. I like it better than Freddie Kitchen's. I didn't like Freddie Kitchen's play calling half the time. Oh, yeah. They also bolstered that O-line. That was a big problem for them last year. They added uh, Conklin from the Titans, and the Titans had a really good O-line. So, you know, that's a good signing. 
But yeah, I have them finishing yeah. third in that division. Then fourth, I got the Bengals. I mean, you know, I mean, they were the worst team in football last year, but it kind of came out of nowhere too. It was like they had a lot of really good years and a couple all right years, and then out of nowhere they just kind of fell off the face of the earth. But what do you know? It landed him Joe Burrow, I guess. So it's not all bad. I think Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a good player in the NFL. But right now, it's just kind of about building around him. They got T. Higgins, you know, A.J. Green's. I think T. Higgins T. Higgins was the most slept-on receiver in the draft. He was second round. He should have been a first-rounder. But I was surprised he didn't go top ten. He, You could argue it. I mean, he was probably, like, the fifth best in that class, like, after Judy and C.D. Lamb and Ruggs. He was probably, like, the fifth best in that class, and that's a really good class, but... I think right now it's just like they're trying to build around Joe Burrow and give it a couple of years. You never know. But, you know, they got a good piece there for sure. Absolutely. That receiving core is still young. They got Ross and Boyd over there. Who Ross is fast as can be. They got to figure out how to healthy. utilize them better, I think, you know. Uh, Joe Mixon is a great running back. If he can just, you know, the line can hold a block. Oh, absolutely. They got pieces, you know. They're not – they haven't gelled yet, but they got the pieces. You know what I'm saying? Like, just get Joe Burrow in there, give him – throw them some passes for a few years, and you never know. They could be turning it around. In, I kind of see them in the same situation as the Browns almost. Give it a couple years because of the young core, and then they'll just be clicking. They're, like, in the same that position is. that the Browns were in Baker's rookie year, you know. They haven't. Got, yeah. They don't have those stars yet. Give them a little bit of time, and they can acquire them. You know. What I mean? You know what I mean? Right. Right. So that's the AFC North, last division, AFC South. Who do you have winning this one? I might sound crazy for this, but I'm big on the Derrick Henry hype train, and I think the Titans win that division. I believe the Titans will win that division too. I think they'll win more than nine games this year like they have been the last few. Derrick Henry might be the best back in football. And their defense is solid. Their line is solid. Their coach is solid. I mean, what more could you ask for? And they just went to the AFC Championship game as a wild card. You never know. If Ryan Tannehill starts that whole year, we could be talking division title hosting that game. But here we are, and I think they'll have a really solid year. I mean, I honestly see them winning 12 games and potentially a Super Bowl. I think they're a contender for sure. They are being slept on too just because they're not flashy. Also, my man's A.J. Brown. Don't sleep on him, man. He had 1,000 yards in his rookie year. He is legit. Just watch out, all right? I'm just saying just watch out for my man A.J. Brown. And, yeah, that's why I'm in first place for that division. How about second place for you? Uh, you can't count out the Texans, even though... I feel like you can, though. That's that... the thing. You most definitely can count out the Texans. Because, like, besides Deshaun... I mean, they have Will Fuller. If I mean, if he stays healthy, he's a solid receiver. He is. I just feel like... I mean, their defense, like, has always kind of... Like some years they'll be like really good, and some years they're not. And right now it just doesn't look like they are. 
they're kind of old. I mean, J.J. Watt's still really good, but, I mean, eh, yeah, I mean, like, besides him, like, there's not much else there. And then, you know, I, I think besides just Deshaun, they don't really have much to offer there. So I actually see them finishing third and the Colts finishing second because, hear me out, Colts, they – I think they're being slept on. They're my dark horse team here because you have – Probably the best O-line in football, arguably at least. Best O-lineman in football in Quentin Nelson, who's underrated just because he's an O-lineman. I mean, if you ask me, he's probably a top four player in the whole league. And then Couldn't agree more. you got Phillip Rivers, who, I mean, he's old and he can't really move around. But when you have an O-line this good, you don't really need to. He's got the experience, and that's really all they needed after last year. You just need someone who can go in and get the job done. Then you got Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor as their running game. Solid stuff defensively. Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Malik Hooker. Like, they are a solid team, I think. They got a solid defense, a great O-line, good offense. T.Y. Hilton still producing. Like, don't sleep on the Colts, I'm just saying. Like, I see them finishing in second, getting a wild card spot. I see him finishing third. I'm just saying, Sean Watson, he'll ball out uh, regardless of the situation. I can see him. He led his team to the playoffs last year. Um, he did. I can. So- I just think like last I can see year him doing it again was kind of like I don't know how much I could buy into last year though because I feel like the whole Andrew Luck retiring kind of caught everyone off guard because I remember the year before Luck beat him in the playoffs, so it was like okay, the Colts are probably the team, but then last minute he retires leaves it wide open for the Texans. So now it's kind of like, all right, Colts added pieces and the Texans lost pieces. It's just kind of like a balancing thing now, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not sleeping on the Colts. I can see them definitely. I can see them winning a lot of games. For sure. Deshaun's still good, really good though. So in a division like this, you never know. He could end up getting them a wild card spot or something like that just because he's that good of a player. Absolutely. Then, so that's second and third place. Fourth place, I have the Jaguars. I mean, you know, I don't think... Is there even an explanation for that? I don't think much needs to be said. They Their decline has been something to behold. Like, they lost everyone on that defense. I mean, from that team that went to the title game a few years ago, yeah, they're all gone. Now I don't even know. Like, besides Gardner Minshew, look. really, I don't really know who's on that There's team. There's only one thing. There's only one thing that will describe the Jacksonville season in 2020, and that is with the first pick of the 2021 NFL draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. That might be what they're doing. It might be the same path Miami took uh, tanking for Tua. Be tanking for Trevor now. I don't know. But, yeah, not much needs to be said there. I can't really name any players on the Jaguars besides Gardner Minshew. You know, they don't really have much. So, I have them getting the first pick. They'll be that bad. So, yeah, that was our whole rundown of division by division. So, I think we pretty much wrap that up as long as our along with our playoff predictions as well like playoffs I have 
Chiefs is the one seed. The Ravens is the two. Bills is the three. I have Titans as the four. The five seed I have the Denver Broncos. At six, I have the Patriots. And at seven, I have the Colts. Uh, I, I'm sort of on the same line with that. I know you had the Steelers in there them. somewhere. Where did you have them finishing? Well, I have them finishing fifth just because they can't uh, win the division. But I have them as the best second-place team. That's fair. It was a really tough pick for me, too, honestly. I mean, honestly, it's really one of those things, like, it could come down to the Steelers and Colts. Like, I mean, fine, or the Colts can miss. But just because the Steelers, their defense is that good, and I think you can't sleep on that defense, right? So I can really – the Colts and the Steelers, for me, is interchangeable. That was really the deciding one for me. I wasn't too sure, but either one of those teams you could swap out because I really do buy into Pittsburgh's defense. So it's I could definitely I'm see them getting like a seven seed, maybe higher. I think Pittsburgh's offense is going to play extraordinary this year too. I think yeah. so. I think they'll be a lot better. I mean, they had Duck Hodges out there winning games from last year, so you you can't even imagine what kind of improvement Ben will be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me in the AFC, I got Ravens at one, Chiefs at two, Titans at three, Bills at four, Steelers at five, Pats at six, Texans seven. So okay, okay, not bad. And then for the NFC, I have Seahawks as the one seed, the Saints as the two, Eagles at three, at four is the Packers, at five is the 49ers, at six is the Buccaneers, and at seven is the Bears. Uh, with me, our top two are the same. I got Seahawks one, Saints two. I got the Bears at number three like they did in 28. I would gladly take that, most definitely. Uh, I got the Eagles four. I got the 49ers five. I got the Packers at six, and I got the Falcons at seven. Okay, because you're really buying into these Falcons, eh? Look, I'm buying. I'm buying into Atlanta, and I'm buying into Pittsburgh. I can, I can dig it, and we'll get to that later. But I'm a fan of those picks for sure. So I'm trying to think here. So that three six matchup is interesting because you said Bears at three, Packers at six. So you know what that would mean if the playoffs were to end like that. That would imply that the Bears and the Packers would be meeting in the wild card round at Soldier Field. At Soldier Field. That's interesting. Imagine if that happened. Oof. I just hope it goes our way. I just hope it would go our way next uh, that time. Oh, yeah. Don't even remind me about the last time. Okay, so that was our playoff rundown. I mean, I think for the most part, we pretty much have the same idea of what's going to happen a couple teams that are different but for the most part we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen here well we'll see what happens so now let's go on to some individual awards predictions so first off let's run run down with the mvp of course lamar jackson defending the mvp who do you see winning mvp this season now i like russell wilson winning you know what not gonna lie i said the same thing Look, cuz, I think we're reading each other's I minds. think so. You know what? Never received an MVP. Okay. 
Can you believe that? I can't. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for as long as I can remember. And I think it's just a matter of time at this point. He's going to put up another great season, and he's going to win it this year. Look, I feel like if Lamar didn't have the year he did, I, that Russell would have won it. Right. That's what I was saying. That, that, that's a big that's a big thought process in my head. So uh, I personally think I'm not saying that Lamar's going to be horrible, but I think he's going to regress a little bit. I think a little bit, yeah. And then, you know, Russell is Russell Wilson. He is. I mean, just, if you ask me, I think he's the best quarterback in the game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is amazing, but the things I've seen from Russell over the years, I mean, he's never had, like, an amazing number one receiver like, Mahomes has his whole career in KC. He's never had that all-worldly tight end. I mean, he's had great defenses, but offensively, he's put up these numbers with some, you know, not... I mean, he has great receivers now, but over the years, you know, he's done a lot with a little, and that's why I think he's the best in the game right now. I think he did a lot with a little this past year. Not sleeping on Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, because I think Tyler Lockett is... No. One of the most slept-on receivers in the league uh, as well. And I think DK Metcalf is going to break out this year. Yeah, I think so too. But I'm telling you, I think Russ wins that MVP. I'm saying too, you know. I think Lockett and Metcalf are also a big part as to why I believe the Seahawks are going to win that number one seed. With the mixture of that defense, Russ, and that receiving core, all of them coming together, I think that'll get it done. All right. I see it happening. So, defensive player of the year, who you got? Now, the Bears fan in me wants to say Khalil Mack, but realistically, I'm I'm just going to say Aaron Donald. He's the best at his position. He's probably the best in the league at what he does. That's fair. It's tough for me not to say Mack, but I'm going to say Mack anyway. I think Khalil Mack wins it. I think – the chip on his shoulder right now is probably about as big as it's ever been. It's been, I think, now four years since he won Defensive Player of the Year. He only had eight and a half sacks last year, which, I mean, that's by no means bad, but, I mean, for Khalil Mack's standard that he holds himself to, I'm pretty sure he thinks that's awful. He would tell you that himself. And the whole league, I feel like, has been writing him off. They've been saying, like, he's not that guy anymore. You know, he's not the guy he was with the Raiders. He's washed. Not washed, but, you know, he's fallen off quite a bit. I think he's mad. I don't think any other defensive player in the league right now has that kind of chip. I mean, all the stars, you know, they're getting the recognition, but my man Khalil is getting disrespected right now. So I think he breaks out this year. He has 15-plus sacks. I think he'll win the award. I can see it happening. I'm, I think, you know, as a Bears fan – you love Khalil Mack. Everyone has his jersey. But, you know, I, I tried to take the bias out of it a little bit just because. Respectfully Aaron so, Donald, yeah. I mean. Aaron Donald. And the thing is, it's not like I'm saying anybody. I'm saying probably the top, one of the top three top defensive players. in the three NFL. player in football. Top two, maybe. I mean, Aaron Donald is the man. And, I mean, he had a down year last year and he had, what, nine and a half, ten sacks, which is still all worldly for offensive tackle. So that just, you know, goes to show how good Aaron Donald is. 
And he's a complete run stuffer. He stops the run. He stops the pass rush. I mean, he there's nothing he can't do. Really not. I mean, you definitely can't go wrong picking there. Donald is your defensive player of the year. That's for sure. All right. So now, offensive player of the year. Who do you have winning this one? This one was weird for me because it's like I like Derrick Henry. Right. I like Julio. But the guy I have winning it is the guy who a lot of people won't see when I got Josh Jacobs winning it. Okay. Okay. I like that pick. It's a wild card for sure. I think he's one of the most slept on uh, running backs. And just because he was a rookie, I feel like he was a little bit disrespected. But, look, we're Bears fans. We saw what he did to us in London. He's He's a heck of a player. And, I mean, he did have a 1,000 yards last year. And he missed a few games on top of that. He could have a breakout year for sure. I mean, I see him rushing for 100 yards a game minimum. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, I like the pick. I'm excited to watch him play, really. I like the pick. For me, offensive player of the year, I got Christian McCaffrey. I don't think the Panthers will be that good, like I said before, but. I just think that offensive center on him, he's an athletic freak. He could catch it. He could run it. He could have a 1,000-yard season receiving and rushing. He's done it before, I'm pretty sure. So I could definitely see him winning it. He should have probably won it last year. But I think this year he'll come around. He'll win it this year. I can see McCaffrey winning it too. That's, that's a very respectful pick. That's a logical pick. I like it. All right, now comeback player of the year. Who we have winning this one? Now, look, again, the bias was crazy, but I, I like Akeem Hicks winning it. He was out for, I think, 11 games. Okay. And I see him making the Pro Bowl again, really. He's the force to be reckoned with. Okay, I like that pick. For me, I have Alex Smith winning comeback player of the year. Now, I don't know how good the Redskins are going to be. And, I mean, he's not even the starter technically right now, but first of all, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is that good. I think Alex Smith will get in there at some point. And second of all, I mean, if you remember what that injury was like when it happened, what it looked like, I mean, people were saying, like, he's never going to play again. He's never going to touch a ball again, right? Yet here he is. He's on the active roster playing second-string quarterback. Like, who would have thought? So I think he doesn't even need to play great. I think if he could play at all and be respectable – I think he'll have comeback player of the year in the bag. I can see that happening too. It'd be a great comeback story too. I'm rooting for him to win it. All right. So coach of the year. This one's always tricky for me, but who do you have winning it? See, this one was between Pete Carroll and Sean Payton for me, just because Sean Payton is one of the best offensive minded coaches and Pete Carroll, he's one of the best defensive-minded coaches. I, I, I like Sean Payton winning it, though. I do. I like it. You know, if it were up to me, I'd give Bill Belichick the award every year because I really do believe he is the best coach. And he usually doesn't. For some reason, it's always like the new coaches that win it or something like that, guys who have resurgent years. But I believe Bill Belichick's going to win it this year because I feel like – for the first time in a while, people are sleeping on the Patriots, right? Even though they got Cam, it's a like, oh, who are the receivers or this or that? All these guys opted out. I think 
Patriots, they're going to they're gonna be something different with Cam. And it's going to catch people's attention. They're going to be like, whoa, look at this. This is different. Belichick's going to lead them to the playoffs. And I think people are going to – you got to tip your cap to Belichick if he could do something like that. I think he'll win Coach of the Year. Well-deserved, too, because I think he should be winning it every year. Absolutely. One thing a lot of people did forget about the Patriots, to, uh, too, if you want to give a front office uh, – best front office of the year. You got to give that to the Patriots too because they signed Leonard Fournette uh, very recently too. No, they didn't. The Buccaneers did. Oh, that was the Buccaneers? Oh, I thought it was the Patriots. But they always sign those guys, you know, like when they signed AB, like they take these waivers on guys like, all right, show us what you got and then they go off. They're that kind of team, you know, but I see Belichick winning it. I think he deserves it every year, but I think he'll he'll finally – a little bit more respect this year just because he's got a coach under some different circumstances with no Brady and he's going to say, screw it, I'll do it myself. He'll put the team together. He'll win. He'll just do what he does, but now he'll finally get the recognition for it. Absolutely. So who do you have as your offensive rookie of the year? Well, I think everyone is Joe Burrow. Everyone's. I don't know though. I think the Bengals are going to be that great this year, and that's going to stop him. Well, if you look at it, the Arizona Cardinals weren't extremely great last year either, and Kyler Murray won it. That is true. That's true. And the thing is, it's very odd to give it to a wide receiver just because uh, he's getting the touches from a quarterback. And with a running back, usually yeah, people have a, tend to have a bias towards a running back or a quarterback, and they tend to sleep on the wide receivers. They really so do. Because the... I really like Jerry Judy this year, but I don't know if he's going to win the award, you know. Yeah. And just because, you know, they were the studs of college, I'm rooting for all these guys. I pray on no man's uh, downfall. But it's just usually with a wide receiver, they don't have an immediate impact like a running back or a quarterback does either. Yeah, and then – on top of all that, I'm not really too sure about these running back prospects. I mean, which who was like the top tier running back in this class? I mean, at least compared to Burrow, you can't really name them, right? Like, I mean, there are good running backs in there. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, the guy out of LSU went to the Chiefs. Like he'll be good, but I mean, you know, when compared to like the opportunity that Burrow might get. I guess it is kind of hard to pick against Burrow. It's it's really Burrow's to lose. He just has to perform well, and I think he should probably win it, right? Uh, yeah, it's really – I like Tua winning it too. Uh, I just don't know if he'll play, though. That's the thing. I mean, because yeah. we don't know about that injury. Like, I was saying in the draft, like, if you're the Dolphins, you just kind of run with fits. Like, wait, just let Tua learn everything and start him next year, you know? Or even start him in the back half of the season, you know, and let him get his feet in the water and then just let him run, uh, run basically rampant uh, his sophomore season, just go crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing with Tua. He's a good player, but you just don't know how they're going to handle that. So because of that, I think probably bro, because, like, you know they're giving him the keys to the car right away. Like, this team's yours. You're the guy. Now you're the face of the franchise. Like, go out and rip it. So, as long as he does it, it should probably be his award, right? Yeah. Okay. That's how I see it. Yeah.
And then defensive rookie of the year goes to Mr. Chase Young and the Washington football team. I believe so too. I think he's an athletic this freak. Been, this guy's been wait people have been waiting to draft him since his freshman year of college. Um I think he's gonna have like thirteen sacks, pro bowler. He's he's a stud, athletic freak, strong. He wins pass rush moves quickly. Uh he stops the run well. He's just he's He's just a freak. Trying to think. He reminds me of a young Von Miller, you know? Just basically, yeah. His athleticism, his strength. He's got it all. He'll win it. He will win defensive rookie of the year as a member of the Washington football team. The Washington football team. All right. So who would you say your one if you had to pick one, who's your one dark horse slept on team in two thousand twenty? I got to pick one from each conference. Okay, that's fine. Because, that's fine. Uh, really, in the NFC, I see the Falcons as my dark horse team. A lot of people sleep on the Falcons. Okay, yeah. I've got, I see that. I see that. And then we were talking about this earlier. A lot of people are sleeping on Pittsburgh, too. I Pittsburgh's the team. I think a lot of people see a lot in the Bills. A lot of people see them making the playoffs, but with Pittsburgh, I think they're, they're just counting them out right away. Right. Just because they're in the division with the Ravens. I like those picks, yeah. For me, my dark horse team in the AFC is the Colts. Because like I said, I mean, they have the line. They have everything at all the positions they need. They just, like, they just missed the quarterback last year. They had a down year, so people sleep on them. But I think Rivers will get the job done. I think they're a sleeper team. Like, I think they're better than the Texans at this point. But, you know, that's to be seen. But for now, I have them as my AFC sleeper. And then my NFC sleeper, I got to go. I'm going to say the Eagles. Even though I had them winning that division, I still think they're they're a little bit slept on. Because everyone's looking at the Cowboys. And like, oh, how about them Cowboys? They got all those offensive guys. And they're going to be, you know, lighting it up like a pinball machine, like, Let's be real, though. I mean, Cowboys haven't made a deep run in how long? It's one of those things for me with the Cowboys. Like, they could be that good, but I'm not going to really buy into the Cowboys until I actually see results, you know? So that's kind of. The Eagles, we've. You've seen the Eagles win with uh, very little. And you've seen them win with that core, too. Like, they're proven, they've gone to the playoffs year in, year out, through injury, through all that, and they've still won. That's the thing with the Eagles. Like, people are sleeping on them because Wentz is injury-prone and they didn't have good receivers last year. Well, that's changed. I mean, Wentz is going to come in healthy. The receivers are going to be good. And they, like I said, they've been there and they've done that. The Cowboys haven't, and they haven't for a long time. So that's kind of the thing for me. Everyone thinks the Cowboys are going to do it. I got the Eagles doing it again. So... They're kind of like my sleeper team, just because like the Cowboys overshadow them when they shouldn't. I see that. I see that. Now, who are your overrated teams in 2020? I feel like the Bengals are a little overrated, just because everyone's expecting Joe Burrow as you know this golden child okay. uh, to happen. I don't see it happening year one. Not really year two. After that, I see him panning out and being a stud and leading that team to a playoff run. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not seeing that. 
And then in the NFC, I don't really like the Bucks. I'm not buying into the hype. Not buying into the Buccaneers hype, okay. I could see it. I mean, yeah, like I've said, they haven't been together yet, so you never know, but that's fair. So for me, my overrated team in the AFC is the Texans because people think, like, I mean, all those years where they were winning the AFC South in a garbage division, right, everyone kind of remembers those teams, and they see Deshaun Watson, they're like, oh, they got Watson, you know, it's in the bag, right? I don't see it the same way this year, you know? Like I said, the Colts are solid. We already know the Titans are solid. Texans, it just seems like they keep losing pieces. Like, when Watson was there his first year, they had all the pieces, but they just keep losing him and losing him, and now it looks like it's really just only him. So... After that, it just seems like to me, like, besides him, what do they have? And teams like that never really go far. So that's why I have them as my overrated team. And my overrated team in the NFC, I got the Cardinals. And I feel like, like I said, they were a third-place team, which is an improvement, right? But Uh either way, it's like, it's kind of like how you see the Buccaneers, right? Like, you got to show me something first before I could buy in, you know? And that's where the Cardinals are. Like Kyler Murray's young. Cliff Kingsbury's young. All their draft picks are young. We haven't seen DeAndre Hopkins play a game there yet. I mean, so you never know how things like that end up. But I'm not saying they could be bad. I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I just think they're a little bit overrated. You got to, you got to watch them play first, really. I can see that too. All right, so now one last segment. Bold predictions for 2020. I mean, there's no limit on this, however many you could think of, but what do you think are some of your bold predictions for this upcoming season? Well, I think, knock on wood, that Mitchell Trubisky breaks out and finally proves to the whole world why he was the number two overall pick and why the Bears traded up to go get him. Oh, man. I want to, like, I really want to believe it's tough, but I really hope you're right. Let's just say that. Um, I think that if the Rams also, if the Rams don't really uh, perform, I think that they're just going to completely fall apart at the end of this season. Uh, I think a lot of their pieces are just going to leave and they're just going to have to start from scratch. Okay. Um, another bold prediction I really made was the Falcons making the playoffs. I like the Falcons. That's a really bold one. I think that's your boldest to this point for sure. I I like the Falcons. I'm I'm on the hype train. I'm he is buying the Falcon stock. When it rises when it rises up, don't don't be coming to my man's Fetty being like, Hey, you see these Falcons? Like, yeah, he sees the Falcons. He's been seeing the Falcons. Look, I like their offense, their defense, just just gotta hold it down. And if their def- look, the thing is with the Falcons, if their defense only allows twenty four points, their offense will win the game for them. Oh yeah, they got they got the they got the guns to do it. And Julio is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Calvin Ridley's a great second option. I think he might even be a Pro Bowler this year. He might be the best or one of the best number two receivers in the league. Look, that the Falcons are there. They they got it. And then with this, you know, this seventh uh, team making the playoffs. That's a game changer, I think. 
people don't talk about that enough, but adding a seventh team and that two seed not getting a bye week, that's a game changer for that playoff format. Look, I'm just saying, 17 weeks from now, y'all can come back to this and say Fetty was wrong. But I don't want to hear nothing about this Falcons hype 17 Mm -hmm. weeks from now when they make the playoffs. Call them out now. When they come for you, they'll know. They'll know where to go. I'm letting you guys know now. Listen, I will take fault if they don't make the playoffs. But if they do, don't come. (laughs) Don't jump on the train. I like it. It's already it's already left the station. Do not jump on. I like it. So I got a couple bold predictions here. So my one bold prediction is that at some point in 2020, Drew Brees will go down. Jameis Winston's gonna come in and he's gonna he's gonna step in and I think he's gonna deliver some good performances for the Saints. Like better than that of Teddy Bridgewater last year. Like he's going to prove to the league that he was getting disrespected with that $1 million contract, even though he led the league in passing yards last year. It was disrespectful, and he's going to prove it when he gets his opportunity this year. That's my first bold prediction. That's pretty bold, saying that he's going to be better than Teddy. I mean, he let, he almost won the Triple Crown last year, passing yards, passing touchdowns, and interceptions. He almost led the league in all three. If not for Lamar Jackson, he would have won it. Like, to get $1 million on that contract, I think that's disrespectful, really. So I'm hoping he gets that opportunity. But for now, that's a little bit my bold prediction. I think he'll step in and he'll he'll earn some respect back. Then my number two prediction, I think Joe Burrow breaks Baker Mayfield's NFL record for touchdown passes thrown by a rookie. I believe the record's 24. I think it might be twenty seven or twenty eight. I think it's I think it's up there. Something. That's it's close to thirty. It's kinda like eh, but then again these are bold predictions. So let's say Joe Burrow breaks that record, okay? That's my second. The thing is I'm I'm kinda with you on that on that uh prediction though. You know, because if you look at what he did at LSU, he threw what, seventy touchdowns or something like that? Something crazy like that, yeah. I I can see him doing it. He could throw like twenty five. Definitely. I I honestly can see him throwing 30. Shoot. We'll see. I mean, 30 is a lot for a rookie, but we'll see. So, number three prediction I have that's kind of bold. Dak Prescott will lead the league in passing yards. That's pretty bold. We'll see. I mean, CD, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. I mean, he's got the guns to do it. I'm just saying, I mean, you know what I think about the Cowboys, but I'm just saying, I'll give them credit to their offense. They got they got the pieces there. So if he does it, I mean, I wouldn't be too surprised on that one. And then my last one, I don't think this is too big of a surprise to you either. I mean, shoot, this might not be bold at all, but like I said, Seattle's defense resurges and leads the Seahawks to the NFC's top seed. I know they yeah, were a wild card that... team last year, so some people might yeah, doubt we... that prediction, but that's my prediction. I know you believe it. I believe it. Let's see if the rest of the world will believe it in a few months from now. Look, 17 weeks from now, when the Seahawks are the number one team in the NFC, don't come for Christian and I. Don't. Don't do it. Knew that the Cuzzles were right. I swear, right? Tell them. Now, 
don't know if you want to do this one, but do you want to predict your NFC and AFC champion right now? Uh, I'll predict who is in the game and who's going to win the game. All right, let's do it. All right, I, I see the Seahawks getting in there. They got the experience, the playoff experience with that. They got the depth. I see them making it to the NFC Championship. And I also see the Saints making it in there. Okay, Saints, Seahawks, NFC Championship in Seattle. I like it. And I think we all know how that's going to go down. CenturyLink is one of the loudest places to play in. Well, even if, even if there are no fans, the fans are still there. I wonder, though, will they be back by late January? We'll see. They might. If the virus calms down and all this shenanigans finally ceases, then I feel like a lot of people are going to want to go see the Seahawks play. They got that 12th man on the field at all times. I think they win it. I don't even think it matters as venue. I think the Seahawks could win it anywhere, really. But, yeah, okay, they're the NFC champion. I have that, too. I think the Seahawks win the NFC. How about your AFC? I see, like, I see a rematch of the uh, AFC Divisional with the Ravens and the Titans. Um, I think the Titans are a team to not be slept on. and I, But I do think the Ravens uh, come out victorious in this one, though. I, I see the Ravens making the Super Bowl. I do see the Ravens making the Super Bowl as well. I think Lamar did drop a dud last year. There's no denying that. And in the playoffs the year before, you know, he's a self-motivated kid, you know. He's he's very determined to have playoff success, and I think his hard work will pay off this time around. I think he'll win a playoff game, but win a second. I think he could get there for sure. But now that also raises the question, how do you see the downfall of the Kansas City Chiefs? Why are they not in your AFC championship? How do they go down? I got two words. They're both first names. Derek Henry. He's going to come back this year, eh? He's going to come back, and uh, he couldn't beat look, him last year by himself, but you think this year he's going to get the job done? Look, if the Ravens can't beat the Titans in the AFC Championship, the Titans are making the Super Bowl. That's another bull prediction I got. If you want to add that to the list, I, I can see the Titans making the Super Bowl. I could see it. Like I said, it's not just Derrick Henry. You don't sleep on A.J. Brown. I, see they him got... having a cra- I, I do see him having a crazy playoff like he did last year, though. You know, the thing about Derrick Henry, too, is like he always breaks out in like December and just goes on tears every year. I think it's just because the dude is so massive. And when it gets cold, like guys just don't want to tackle him, you know? I don't know if like that's just some theory I have or something, but for some I mean, reason, it's not, a, it's not far off. Imagine it's trying not to like somebody, imagine dear, trying to tackle someone who's six three, two hundred fifty pounds, who's coming at you at about twenty miles an hour. I mean, I wouldn't want to tackle him in the, in the warm weather, but in the cold, I mean, shoot, I'm no NFL player, but I mean, even if I was one, I can't imagine it's too fun to tackle him. So. That's just my theory. He always heats up that time of year. So, if he could do it again, I could see him going far for sure. 
but I like that I like that AFC Championship pick. I like I like the respect to the Titans, and so Ravens Seahawks Super Bowl. What goes down? The lack of experience in Baltimore. I don't like that. Russell Wilson sort of has a chip on his shoulder from Super Bowl Forty Nine with the. I'll pass up on ring number two. I think the Seahawks get it done. I think so, too. I think Lamar's young, but I think right now you could tell with that Jamal Adams trade, like, Seahawks are in win-now mode. They got him. They got Bobby Wagner still. They got the defense. They have a better defense now than they did last year. And, I mean, they got far last year, I think they should have beaten Green Bay last year, but Green Bay had one of those weird years last year, right? Where it just seemed kind of fluky, right? Like it seemed like they were like a nine and seven team, but they won like fourteen games, and it was like, how the heck is this team that good? It was just kind of one of those fluky things, right? Seahawks should have beaten them, and they almost went to the championship game, and now they're much improved. I think that one game of improvement wins them the West, and it gets them far. So if they could get to the Super Bowl. You know they have the guys who have been to, like, two of them already. Or at least they have a few of those guys left the captains of their team have. And I think that will make the difference. Russell Wilson will win his second Super Bowl ring this year. I see it. Even though he did win the MVP, so he has that, like, curse that he has to break of, oh, he has to win the Super Bowl too. I think he could get that done. I think he can get it done too. And if anyone wants to come at us, Super Bowl 55 weekend. Come at us. Seahawks, come. they'll get come it done. Who knows? Maybe they'll sign Marshawn Lynch this time and uh, give him the ball. He's a free agent. So, I mean, if they just wanted to sign him for like that one game and be like, hey, man, you want to take the ball here? I think he'd be down. Absolutely. Well, that just about wraps it up for this prediction video. Had a lot of good discussion topics and ran down through that whole season. And you know what? I'm going to say I think I'd be pretty surprised if the format that we just laid out, if it didn't go something like that. If it was off the walls crazy, I'd be very shocked. But I think we did a good prediction. And I think I've said all about I need to say about this season. How about you? I just can't wait to watch it. That's it. I'm ready. Two days away. But for me, it's really that first Sunday, you know, when, like, all the games are on and it's on red zone and you're just flipping back and forth through the games. Like, that's that's, that's a holiday, you know. Mm-hmm. You can talk all you want about Super Bowl Sunday. My favorite days are week one, that first Sunday when all the games are on, and then AFC and NFC Championship weekend. Those are the two. Circle on your calendar. Those are the big ones. Super Bowl Sunday, I mean, it gets all the hype, but I mean, if you're a real fan, those two weekends, those are the weekends, and one of them's coming up pretty soon, so you better get ready. Well, I better get ready because I'm going to do all my work on Saturday, and you know I'm not moving on Sunday. I'm not leaving. I'm sitting there for nine hours straight watching all these games. Look, I just hope that Obviously, as a Bears fan, that they do their thing. But, I mean, I see 
I see the league going like that this year. I see it too, and you know what? As a Bears fan, I wouldn't be upset with either of our predictions, whether that be a three seed like you said or a seven seed like I said. I would gladly take either one of them, but we'll see what happens. And just like one last note, who do you have winning that week one game in Detroit? Uh, obviously Chicago. It's the Bears. I think so too. Let's Look, get it done. It, Let's get a W. If they lose that game, I'm not watching another game for the, for the whole season. Uh, yeah, I don't want to think about that. We've scored like one offensive touchdown in the last two opening days. Hopefully we could score multiple touchdowns this time around. But, you know, that is I yet to be determined. Allen Robinson's from Detroit. Him and Mitch should have a field day over there. I think Robinson goes for close to 125 yards, about eight catches and two touchdowns. A-Rob's mad, too. Like, he wanted to get extended, and he didn't. He's he's out with a vengeance. He's going to go off this year. I don't know why he didn't get extended because he was – he's Pro Bowl caliber. I mean, he's the best receiver the Bears ever had. Like, I mean, Brandon Marshall probably put up better statistical years, but man was only here for three years. You extend A-Rob, I mean, he's going to break all their statistical records. A-Rob is – I think he could be a pro bowler this year, and I think that the Bears' number one priority for meet and season needs is extending A-Rob's contract for at least two years. At least two years. I mean, we're in a contract year this year. Got to get it done. Best receiver you ever had. Got to get it done. I mean, if you want to move to the young guys, that's cool, but. Those young guys, I mean, Komet and Mooney and, you know, all those young guys, like, they're on their rookie deals. Montgomery's on his rookie deal. Like, you got to take care of your man. You got to take care of Allen Robinson. And that's a priority at this point. Don't worry about any of those other guys right now. Their time will come. And if you want to look at the direction in the young guys, Javon Wims, who I think is the next Julio Jones, I think he's he, he just has to prove himself. I'm but, a, I'm a, my guys are Mooney and Komet. I really like Komet because like he he has it in him like mentally. He tied now as a rookie, and he's a physical freak. So. It's just a combination of good things to come. If he has luck on his side, he could be a great player, I think. I like Wims and Ridley. The only thing is with both those guys, they've had 20 snaps in both their entire careers combined. So, Yeah, I like Ridley a little bit more than Wims. And like I said, I like difference. But we'll see with, the, with, the, with these guys because – you know, you lost a few receivers. You lost Taylor Gabriel, so that'll leave a slot open. Let's see who fills it. Let's see who steps up. I think uh, whoever fills in is going to do a better job than Taylor Gabriel, though. I feel like whoever uh, runs in that slot. You're is younger at that position, that's for sure. And less injury prone. Yeah, I think so. I think overall the offense, you basically improved at every position – at least to the Bears they have. You improved speed at receiver. You improved your tight end by a lot. And whether or not Foles is the guy or not, it doesn't matter because even if he doesn't start, you still lit the fire under uh, Trubisky. So, you know, even if he's starting, he's not going to be worse than last year, right? 
He knows least. his job is on the line. He knows. How long do you give him? If he sucks, how many games do you, before you say that's it? If they lose week one, he will not have a job week two. But what if in week one they lose and he throws for like three touchdowns and 300 yards? He's still not having a job because realistically you know that he's not going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns and they're going to lose. That's fair. That's fair. I think if he bombs week one, I'm pulling the plug. If he if he plays like pedestrian week one and the Bears still win, I give him like one more shot week two against the Giants at home. And if he like struggles in the first quarter and a half ish, then yeah, he's done right there. But if he keeps playing, if he plays better, then, you know, we'll take him. We'll ride with him. But if not, then, yeah, I'm putting fools in pretty soon. Thing with the Bears, if you look at their first four games, four of them are winnable games. They play the Lions, then the Giants, then the Falcons, and then the Colts. That's why he needs to succeed. Like I said, no fans. You know, you got those four opponents. You got, you know, early season it's a position where you can't struggle. If you're him, it's like, you can't. This isn't, these aren't the toughest teams. Like last year when you're playing the Vikings, Packers, and Chiefs back-to-back-to-back. Like, this is the Lions and Giants to start off the year. Like, baby steps, you can do this, all right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that was our season recap episode. I think that just about wraps it up. So, for all the viewers back at home, this is our 49 and a half, episode number 49 and a half. That's how I'll put it. I am Christian Sanchez, and this was my man's Matt Fedler. We'll see you next time for episode number 50. See ya.